perfect. Uh, resident 30th. <laughs> the 30th president is Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Uh, yes. Good old Everyone's Cal. favorite. Calvin Coolidge. Uh, I So cool, it's in his name. Calvin Coolidge, uh, presidency. Taxation and government spending. Coolidge adopted the taxation policies of the t Secretary of the Treasury, Andrew Mellon, who advocated scientific taxation. This already sounds like it's going in bad directions. I don't know. Uh, the notion that lowering taxes will increase rather than decrease government receipts. Yep, it went bad. It went yeah, bad pretty, pretty much bad. immediately. Calvin, no. We had such hopes for you. I mean, he, he spoke in favor of civil rights, but oh, also oh, good. didn't take the lead on them. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Coolidge was neither well-versed in nor very interested in world <laughs> affairs. <laughs> Do you, have you ever think about those presidents who like, like what's that one who basically people were like, this guy looks like a president. Let's make him the leader of the free world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he looks then, like uh, what we think that is should look and like. And then he was terrible, <laughs> obviously. Uh -huh. What was that guy's name? Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding. And it gave Warren... me... Warren G. Harding. Let me, let me that look guy, up good old That Warren. guy died, and then Calvin Coolidge became president. So that went really well. <laughs> Warren G. Harding looks like the scientist, like the evil scientist in an Abbott and Costello movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he what? beat Eugene Debs, so like, what an asshole. Oh, wow. God. Poor Eugene. We could Just, have had Eugene Debs. Right, and then How he was he savagely die? beaten with a golf club instead. <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen? No, he said beaten, and it was like a it was like a double entendre kind of. Oh, okay. Oh, that yeah. was good. Well, he, hey, everybody, he, welcome to he went fan to jail for sedition. <laughs> the fan with uh, the fan bites fan with podcast a, a podcast as I know you all know is about video games predominantly and then other stuff sometimes, <laughs> but mostly video games, right? It's, it's a it's a prestige podcast where we rank the presidents uh, based on like hard facts and like. Just, interviews with historians and um yeah mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. warren g harding definitely near the bottom we're like but uh, he is s tier uh for presidents that died while in office oh true oh, true 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 sure. yeah uh we're basically slow burn we're bit like, we're like the new slow burn <laughs> <laughs> we're taking Even slower that. burn <laughs> yeah yeah but slow burn notice uh you know we give you the uh, the action and the facts that's what we do uh, I am Steven Strom, managing editor at fanbyte.com. I am joined by the other managing editor at fanbyte.com, Merritt K. Hey. How you doing, Merritt? I'm good. Do you know all the presidents who died in office? <laughs> no, but I want to know. Oh, I thought there was like, I thought you were going to add something to that. Like, did you know all the presidents who died no, no, in no, office? No, 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 no. This there, is are just names a straight up trivia with... question. Right. No, I don't. Yeah, did you actually. know none of them? Like, none of, no one who... None of the presidents who used a Mac died in office. <laughs> I thought you were going to go in a direction like, do you know that they couldn't find the bodies of any of the presidents who died in office? <laughs> Famously, yes. Um, okay, but two are easy. Two of them are really easy. Okay. Uh, so where, where are they? JFK, yeah. JFK, obviously. Uh, oh, Abraham Lincoln. assassinated Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. yes. Yeah. And the rest... The movies. Well, we already that. did Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding mm -hmm. died in, died in prison. I mean, he was the president. There's four more. Four more? Who yeah. else got assassinated? Uh, I don't think any of the other ones got assassinated. Wait, Taft didn't McKinley died? get assassinated? 
Oh, uh, there, no. I think there was an assassination attempt on McKinley. Oh. Uh, yeah. McKinley no, there. he actually did die in office. Oh, he did. He was one of the dead yes, ones. Okay. He was. Uh, McKinley. Wait, no, William cousin. McKinley was assassinated on September 14th, 1901. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shot on the grounds of the Pan American Exposition at the Temple of Music in Buffalo, New York. Oh, man. Damn. But yeah, uh, the other ones were Zachary Taylor and William Henry Harrison. I. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, Garfield. Yeah, Garfield as well. Garfield. Oh, Garfield. Ate Damn. too much lasagna. Actually, wasn't there. <laughs> heart attack. That's <laughs> rough. Uh, oh, my God. Garfield actually was, like, shot, but he survived two months, and then he died. So, like, show some fucking respect. Man. That's was it Heathcliff? Worse. Did Heathcliff shoot him? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Did y'all they, know... Nikki, oh. hold on. We didn't actually introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm here. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, nice to have you. Uh, Nick, you're a social media specialist, right? Yes, that's my job. A fan Did y'all know that Australia lost a prime minister? They just lost him in the ocean. Sorry. They lost what? him? Yeah. Or them, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, they just lost. Yep, he just got lost in the ocean. They don't know where he went. He went out I mean, there on a boat. And then never came back. They just lost him. Wow. He just, like, didn't want to do it anymore. I was going to say, do you, think, <laughs> do you think he just, like, left on purpose? Do you think he's just, like, living on he the island with Biggie and Tupac? He left off into the sunset, like the uh-huh. Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a gladiator on an alien world right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even. Let's. <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah, Harold Holt. Wow. Harold Holt, huh? yeah. I mean, he super died. Oh, oh, yeah, 100% he died. The yeah, ocean is just a giant wet murder. Yeah. The Russians, maybe. But, oh, what? Yeah, wow. that's... Uh, so I didn't look into that literally at all, but that's what I heard from multiple Australians while I was there. The Russians have Australian beef? Yes. Apparently. I didn't know this. That was my yeah, confusion so, as well. So you were in Australia, so this is what you that, This is what I've come back there with. Doing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> special special Australia report from Nikki. Uh, special Australia hi. report. Uh, uh, hi, uh, hello to our uh, special uh, co- Australian correspondent. <laughs> um, uh, what else can you tell us about uh, Australia? How are they doing? Do they still uh, do they have koalas? Koalas on Australian one? They got koalas. I went to um, a place where I was under the impression I could hold one, um, and then they said they didn't have any. So what? that was kind of a wow. bummer. <laughs> Um, but then we went to like a farmer's market situation, just un- entirely unrelated. And then I walked by a tree and then I was like, wait, hold on. There's a koala on that tree. Oh, hell and then yeah. there was just a koala on the tree. But then I had to pay like $5 to like pet it and I couldn't hold it. So I thought that was too much. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't uh, partake. I did see a bunch of kangaroos. Those things are jacked. Yeah. Um, and they can jump real high. Huh. Um, is that how they also get the jacked? Spiders are, they, are real big. Is this this is, is is there a chicken and the egg type situation with kangaroos? Do they get jacked because they <laughs> jump, or do are do they get are they jacked so jacked they can jump? Jump, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, perfect. Oh, thank you. Thanks, special uh, Australian correspondent uh, Nikki uh, Happy for to help. <laughs> for going over that with us. Um. Yeah. I there was I saw such a big spider, y'all. I didn't. It was so big. It was the size of my hand. But that's good, though, no. right? Because that means it's less poisonous, right? 
The big no. ones are, aren't. Oh no, they were I like, don't no, think this one will. True. This one will get you. But then they were like, but it won't get you as bad. I was expressly told by the people I was staying with that if I got bitten by the spider that I had seen that I saw, which I don't remember the name of it, um, but it was like it was orange and blue. Like there were it was colors that nature should not be. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Colors colors and, usually mean bad. Colors usually yeah. go away. <laughs> Orange, um, blue I was told that if I got bitten by it, it would be pretty bad, but not as bad as if I got bitten by another large spider. Oh. Mm. It's not the green bottle blue tarantula, is it? I, listen, I'm not going to Google that because then I would have to look yeah. at it. <laughs> I won't put any uh, I won't put any uh, images in the Discord or anything like that. I'm just going to say names. <laughs> um, yeah, it was no. a, a big one is what I called it as I very quickly walked into inside of the house. Oh, okay. Uh, I do, I do want to say I, I Googled orange blue spider Australia. And one of the top results for people also ask is what spider is that Australia? <laughs> hey, hey, Australia. Hey. hey, what you doing? Where do you get all these spiders from? I'm hardly the first person to make this observation, but like, Man, Australia's got some fucked up animals, huh? Yeah. Yo, like it, they're so weird, and they're, they're so it, deadly too. Like, like kangaroos kill people, right? You up. Kangaroos. Oh yeah, they'll kick kill and people. punch the heck out of you yeah. all the time, every day. It's like getting kicked yeah. by a donkey, except like they'll look you in the eye, like as they yeah. do it. They'll mm. square you up and then hit you. Right. Mama said to knock you out. Says the uh-huh. kangaroo. Says the kangaroo. <laughs> That's what the documentary Kangaroo Jack was about. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a game adaptation of Kangaroo Jack? Kangaroo Jack video game. Oh, boy. Please tell me yes. Yes. There was a mobile game. Wait. Hold on. That is what the the J in LL Cool J stands for is Jack because LL Cool J is a kangaroo. Hmm. Secret kangaroo. <laughs> Secret kangaroo. <laughs> Secret cool kangaroo shit. sounds like the name of a defunct, like UK game development studio. Oh my god, <laughs> it so does. That okay, like... so there. Oh my god, y'all. There's a flash y- listen, game called I'm Kangaroo close. Jack Outback Rumble. That counts. Let me see if I can download the Flash plugin. Oh no, I don't. There's feel a like YouTube doing that. video. Called Kangaroo Jack the Video Game um, by our friend Puffy Guffy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the description says, You can say that again. Clip from Kangaroo Jack a Day USA, which I do not own, but wish that I did. A Good Day USA was the was the animated sequel to. Ah, to... It's, the video is playing. Help. No, this isn't. This is Cow the Kangaroo. This, I feel which is robbed. different. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the Kangaroo Jack. Who directed Kangaroo Jack? It was David McNally, who is a best. Is known that the f- person who's directing the Sonic movie? Or no, sadly, um, <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't get David. Uh, Dang, he, <laughs> he uh, disappeared on a boat on his way back from filming on location. <laughs> uh, best known for directing the films Coyote Ugly and Kangaroo Jack. So just all okay, movies with specific fifty. Yeah, you know, yeah, fifty-fifty. You you can say whichever way you want to go with that. But I was gonna say also, I noticed like a he's only interested in directing movies that have that start with an animal name in them, uh, mm-hmm. which is an interesting mm-hmm. interesting directorial. Dingo uh, Blue. Dingo Blue. Uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. 
Blech. Jerry Bluckheimer. Jerry Bluckheimer. It's like that's like an Arrested Development character. That's them. <laughs> that's them th- thinking that they got Jerry Bruckheimer to come help them on a project or whatever, and then it's like, no, it's Jerry Bluckheimer. Uh, jeez, jeez, good lord. Did you know that Jerry Bruckheimer is a director at Zenimax? What? what? Yeah, exactly. Zenimax. Zen- well, Zenimax. Uh, for for folks. Yeah, Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, Z- Bethesda Zenimax. Zenimax. Okay. Uh, yeah, the same year Bruckheimer joined the Zenimax Media Board of Directors and has since showed up at several launch parties for Bethesda Softworks titles, including Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. There's no way you don't walk away from listening to this episode without saying thanks for the knowledge because yeah. we've dropped <laughs> so much. We're living so, up to our, our uh, outro now, finally. We are. <laughs> and Jerry Bruckheimer, like, one really memorable thing about him for me is that he optioned the role-playing game rifts uh for a movie like 10 or 15 years ago and everyone was really excited about the possibility of a rifts movie and then obviously it never happened because (laughs) what the fuck would that even be who the um right there was a rifts game which i've never played because it was released yes it was only released for the end gauge Oh. Uh, oh. Yes. Oh. One no. of the few Engage exclusive titles. <laughs> Rift's Promise of Power, which it's really hard to search for Rift's video game because of the actual like the the like regular real video game Rift, which has nothing to do with Rift's oh, yeah. the, the board game. Uh I mean, it looks like a kind of neat tactical RPG. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's kind of a- cool, I guess. Reception it's the game my is favorite generally favorable reviews. Like Crazy Ivan and Sheila and This Marcus. box art though. This box art though is very good. This box art though. Where is it? It's I'm on the Wikipedia page for Rifts right now. Or yeah, Rifts it's got um it's got I just want to read the game world sentence or the sorry, the game world section, which is three sentences. Mm-hmm. Promise of power is set on Rifts Earth. A post-apocalyptic world a few hundred years in the future. It features advanced technology, magic, and psionic powers, alien and monstrous beings from other dimensions, mutants, and vampires. That's the one sentence there. The... <laughs> just, just for the people listening at home, that whole thing okay, was yeah. one sentence. That's pretty common knowledge. Vampires have taken over Mexico, and if you go to Mexico in the Rifts world, you have to sew crosses on everything, even your underwear. Um <laughs> And, you know, you have to be prepared for this stuff. It, do, were the people who were Palladium books just really into From Dusk Till Dawn? Is that, is that like their I entire... I think that's basically where that one came from. Their whole kind of approach to the world was like, uh, let's like find one, one or two things. Um, not so much with the Mexico one, I don't think, but like in other ones, they were like, uh, let's find like a local myth or something, and then just like, oh, that was always just aliens or a demon the um, whole time. And here are the stats for like fucking like gods and shit because they just they're real. They can come to Rift's Earth sometimes. Um, right? Is, like, is Rift's Earth is just so good? That's is, what they call it because they're <laughs> other R, Earths. E. Because the Palladium Palladium multiverse contains many Earths, it, right? Is the Rifts universe... So I read a bunch of the Rifts uh, books in uh, a high school art class. One of my uh, art class teachers just had Hell a bunch yeah. of like RPG books as like uh, art references. Uh, and I ended up just reading the Rift, a bunch of the Rifts book. Is, is that the one where there's like an entire country that's like just one giant Walmart? 
Is that that one? <laughs> Wait, what? There's definitely a tabletop RPG where Do it's you like mean Atlantis. Atlantis. Uh... So in Rifts, okay. So in Rifts Earth, Atlantis um, was originally populated by like basically like ancient superhumans. Okay, and then it rearises after the apocalypse, but then it's taken over by these like interdimensional traitor aliens called right. the Splugorth. The Splugorth, and, yeah. I'm looking yeah, at this right now. Yeah, it basically becomes, um, I think actually, the shit, I remember way too much of this. It's called like the Splin Dimensional Market and you can just buy anything there but they hate humans um, because they're all like aliens and stuff and like it's very bad to go there if you're like a dude. Right. So you have to get like TaskRabbit to like get in, like an intermediary, yeah, basically, to like get mm. you to buy the corn or whatever you need. You need like a task mm-hmm. imp, like like <laughs> oh you're you're not very strong or or whatever, but you're a demon and you can bring me stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how it works. Also, those same people, um, they're on the cover of the very first Rifts book, which if if you want to look it up right now, um, I would encourage you to do that. It's Rifts a, a Splugorth slaver, which is like people. That's what everyone thinks they actually are, but they're just their minions. It's like this big, weird, like lizard creature that's fused to this floating platform on which a bunch of like blind women in bodysuits have like huge guns and they Yo. fly around North America taking people captive. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. And so that cover definitely makes the game look um, appealing. Appealing uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, I don't know if it's Rifts or not. The, there was definitely a game, like an RPG from this era where there was just like an RPG for everything, where it was like, maybe it's even Shadowrun. I feel like it's a little too goofy even for Shadowrun, but like there was one where there was a, a uh, country, like an entire like continent that has been paved over and is like a giant parking lot with like and it's just like one giant commercial building that like where they just sell everything <laughs> and it's run by like demons in business suits that look like the bad guy for, like the leader alien from space jail probably shadow run that might be shadow run that might be shadow run people is that where the inspiration for big yellow taxi came from big yellow taxi yeah it is don't know seems to go you don't know what you got till it's gone counting crows paradise. Big Yellow Taxi oh, featuring Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa Carlton's oh. on that track? What? That's yeah. what it says here. <laughs> Assuming this is a, a, not a different Big Yellow Taxi by Counting Crows. I mean, I think they did a cover, right? It was Joni Mitchell. Yeah, I think it's a Joni oh, Mitchell song. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, a bunch of people did covers. Amy Grant did a cover. I think Bob Dylan did one. Counting Crows is like, that one's pretty famous. Um, Boy, the cover... Mm, World Book 8 for Rifts Japan. Let me tell you the, oh, the cover art for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so their whole kind of thing was like, hey, this one part of this country, this like stereotypical part of this country from the outside as it appears to us, let's just make it that, but make robots and monsters. <laughs> Here's a big dragon robot with a lady who is a cyborg sword person. It vaguely has like a samurai top knot kind of thing going on. Yeah, um, Rifts Australia. Oh, is. Ooh, fuck yes. 
so as you were describing your vision of what the Rifts uh, books look like, uh, Merritt, I was also looking at Rifts World Book 17, Warlords of Russia, and you were like, let's just take one thing from a country and then make it with robots. And the cover for Warlords of Russia is four robots <laughs> holding hammers and sickles. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, rules. Yep. Yep. Actually... Uh, Russia is like fucking sick in in rifts. Um, oh, there's yeah? two Russian world books. Uh, there's Warlords of Russia, but then there's also Mystic Russia. Um, <laughs> that's where Rasputin lives. That's, that's his, where Rasputin that's his lives. Russia. That's where like Ruselka and like all these like man wolves and things like that are hanging out. Oh my god. Um, England is mostly about druids and King oh. Arthur. And sure. um, Good. King Arthur has a cyber like a cyber sword called Caliber X. Um, I'm not making this up. This is real. This is a real thing that happened. Uh, look, actually, look up Rifts Canada. Look up the cover to that one. I have been looking at the cover for Rifts Canada for like a good. It's it's just like oh, it's snow, right? It's just fucking hoth. Oh my god, Rifts Canada. Nikki, to answer your earlier question, Rifts World Book 19, Australia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, that kangaroo is got is, is also a zebra. It is gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it's probably it, a demon kangaroo. It's it's well, it's got saber toothed tiger fangs, uh, so you can definitely tell it's a demon kangaroo. Yeah, uh, and riding on top of it is Junkrat from Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, they like Australia. They're like, uh, I mean, it's Mad Max, right? It's just Mad Max. Oh, <laughs> like that's sure. it, well, it's Mad Max, but also they're like, hey, also. Aren't there Aboriginal people in Australia? We should probably try and do that, but in a way that shows that we like have done no real research um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> Same with uh, Canada. Oh so, Everybody yeah. just looks like Manifold or, or uh, yeah, Manifold from uh, X Men. Boy, God, boy. Sorry yeah, to take cough, us down huh? this road. Oh wow, there's multiple Canada books too. Rifts World Book Twenty Two, Free Quebec. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Look at how high yeah. that robot is showing. <laughs> Quebec is a... Uh, yeah, also, you see the skull robots? Yeah. Um, I actually need to explain several things about this image. And, like, <laughs> I think the listener at home, if you're not familiar with this, you should probably also bring up Free Quebec, Rift's World Book 22. So on this cover, we have two robots attacking a third robot. The two skull robots are from the Coalition States, which is basically, like, a Nazi fascist government that's like the last one of the last bastions of like human civilization Mm. in north america um they also hate magic though so if you're like a human magic user they'll like execute you as well and Mm. all of their stuff is skulls um Uh their armor and their robots are all skulls um they have like flying transports that just have big skulls on the front (laughs) Um, and uh the robot on the left uh you notice that it's kind of like um like glittering a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what its name is? Uh gl- glim glimmer shine. Glitter star. Glitter boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hand to my heart. That is called a glitter boy. And uh it's the most powerful robot in the main book because it has a rail gun. Um well it's called actually a boom gun. 
Oh my and, god. Uh, uh, hey, uh it's hey. reflective like that because it's it has mirrored armor that deflects lasers. Oh my god, it's like Gundam. Oh god. Yeah. The, hey, Everything is Gundam. Hey, Rifts owns. <laughs> hey, Rifts is actually really good it's except good, for all of the bad stuff. <laughs> like, it's uh, yeah, also I, unplayable, but yeah. I feel like there is definitely room for like a like so Hairbrain Schemes made the uh, uh the uh, they they're makers of the uh, video game versions, the modern video game adaptations of the Shadowrun universe, and they also did the uh, video game uh, iteration of BattleTech very recently. And uh-huh. they they do they're very very good at taking a lot of those old things and like especially like especially those eighties ass role playing RPGs and stuff like that where it's like ah yes this is the like stand in for Asian com- like country or whatever uh, and then they take that stuff and actually make it like good like they 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 take a lot of the like uh weird stereotypical stuff and kind of uh make it like okay well we'll use that as this is a starting point that like a bunch of the places from like you know the the people from china went into space and they went here or whatever and then you know okay they they took this thing and that thing and then like they excise a lot of the more problematic elements of it i would love to see harebrain schemes take on the rifts universe where it's just like ultra badass like actually well researched and and uh well written like aboriginal robots fighting fucking demons in canada i would do that i would play that game that would be dope as hell but let me tell you why that will never ever ever happen because Uh uh palladium games is run by like complete like dumbasses (laughs) who like so kevin sambietta who is like the guy who started the company um, is like notoriously difficult to work with, and at one point, the company like had some. They had like this crisis where this guy just like em- like embezzled a ton of money from them, um, and just like they didn't do it. Like they're just like, oh man, we can't can't do much about this. Yeah, there. I'm, I'm looking. I just looked up Palladium books on Wikipedia, and it's always a good sign when it's uh, you know, there's like nine subheadings here: licensing, uh, Robotech RPG <laughs> tactics, and two of the one, uh, two of the subheadings are embezzlement case and financial difficulties. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, I, oh, sorry, that says conversions. I thought it said controversies. That is not what that is, though. Oh, oh yeah, but- and also they they don't. Um, they don't like people converting their stuff into other systems, which is oh. like the only thing that would save any of their IP at right. this point. Yeah. Um, but they're like, no, you can't do it. You have to play our like terrible, cumbersome system that was bad when it came out and is now completely like absurd. Um, also, they had the Robotech license in yeah, the 80s. I see that. Um, and then they lost it, obviously. They had the Ninja Turtles license. They made the Ninja what? Turtles role-playing game. Yeah, TMNT and Other Strangeness, which was actually really fun. That's a good name. Um, it is. Uh, they had, I mean, I think those were only the, the two big ones. I actually haven't read all this fucking Robotech stuff. And that's, I need to afterwards because this looks fucking wild. I Apparently say, they, yeah. raised, they raised over a million dollars for from, the new Robotech RPG so this is like game recent. on yeah. Kickstarter. Whoa. This was like six years ago, and then I guess it just never came out. It's like, yeah, we didn't actually have the. Is it? Is it one of those things where it's like that? Like a guy's like, I'm gonna make like World of Warcraft two. Uh, I'm going to Kickstarter. Please support my thing. It's just like, but it's like some guy called like Dan uh, Franker in like Pennsylvania. And it's like <laughs> obviously he doesn't work with Blizzard or like have the license or anything like that. Like, and of course, like you know, it's. 
like has nothing to do with anything but just does not know how copyright law works and they're like yeah we're gonna make the robotech rpg and then like the robotop we'll tech we'll just very nicely ask blizzard yeah there you if go we can borrow the license right yeah uh, I wonder if, uh, like, I should read this too at some point, because I will say, the, uh, the criticisms subsection of the uh, Palladium Books uh, Wikipedia is twice as long as the entire rest of the Wikipedia mm -hmm. put yeah. together. <laughs> oh, boy. They had some good ideas, but it was ultimately, I think this company, I, I'm really surprised that they're still around. Um, because I, I assume, just, until now, I assumed they were not. Uh, I mean, it doesn't say that they are done, but... Huh. Who knows? Can I go to Amazon right now and buy a Rift book, I wonder? Like a new Rift. Yes. New edition. Oh. Rift. New edition? The band? Uh, new edition? Yep, I'm going to buy... going to buy... I'm going <laughs> to kickstart new edition 2. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first two results are for The Rift, colon, Hard Science Fiction, uh, which is a Kindle book by Brandon Q. Morris, and then Rift, the 1990, a.k.a. Endless Descent, a Blu-ray... Of a 1990 movie with the uh, subtitle "The Danger Below is New Now the uh, The Danger Below is now the Danger Within." Uh, so I don't think Rifts uh, is a super going concern right now <laughs> in terms of like commercial yeah. viability. I'm no, I'm really surprised that I don't know. Also, that kind of surprised he's still alive. I kind of not that I wish him ill, but no, but it's been um, a while. Also, like, has been his writing style, like all of his books, because he edits. He edits them all, even if he doesn't write them. Um, he uses like multiple exclamation marks. Oh no! In every, in, like, in oh. every sentence. No! It's like, this robot can travel at up to four hundred and fifty miles per hour. Oh my god! <laughs> this robot That's... does a hundred mega damage. Oh yeah! In riffs, there's mega damage because um, oh, yeah. damage fuck isn't yeah. cool enough, so we have to have mega damage. Is mm, is this actually the sequel just to damage? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we had gotta. St I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm this so is just, sorry. This just really makes me want to like go subscribe to 2000 AD right now. Mm -hmm. Like, just go read some Judge Dredd and some like what, what's that one? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just all ripped off of like Judge Dredd and like a bunch of other things. Like Nemesis the Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. How's everybody been doing otherwise? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Uh, now that we now with oh okay we're back from Rift's Earth we're back on normal Earth <laughs> we took a, a Rift back to Fanbyte Earth right to Fanbyte Prime uh, yeah uh, how you guys doing you, uh, uh, Nikki it sounds like your Australian visit went well it was good um, yeah it was good it's so far away y'all <laughs> I bet yeah it's that's what they always say about Australia whenever. <laughs> When somebody brings it up, they're like, oh, yeah, I hear that's really far. It's so far. I ha Okay, so I was saying with my friend in Perth, which is in Western Australia, so the flight from LAX to Sydney was 15 hours, and then I had to fly from Sydney to Perth, and that was a five-hour flight. So I was in a plane God. for that's, 19 hours over the course that's, of That's hell, actually, is what... Uh, yeah, it is hell, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. But... I did discover my favorite version of Tetris. Oh. Which is called In-Flight Tetris. <laughs> okay. Explain. Mm, it's Tetris. That's it. It's just Tetris. But okay. you can play you can play with the people 
also on the plane with you. Oh. So, like, you can see their scores. It's like, I think it's kind of, so no one else was playing because I took a red eye out and everybody uh-huh. was asleep. But uh-huh. there were spots for, like, names on the screen. So I think it's kind of like Tetris 99 where, right. like, you can see the other yeah. boards, except that I don't think you can see the other boards, but you can see other people's names and scores. Hmm. Um, and then at the end of the game or, like, when you you fill your board, basically, you get a leaderboard. So because I was the only person to play on that flight, I guess in, like, a week and a half, uh, I was number one on the leaderboard. Some of the best. But the real the real kicker to In Flight Tetris is that it has a version of the Tetris A theme that is so unbelievably chill. It's just like a Ooh. jazz, like it's a jazz, like yeah, playing Tetris. Wait, is Tetris A the Russian chill. folk song? Well, the the yeah yeah that one. Yeah. I am the man who arranges the blocks. <laughs> um, but that's it. Yeah. T- In-Flight Tetris is extremely good. Uh, and I've been l- trying to figure out how I can like, there's no video of it on the internet. Mm. It's like a lost game, even though it exists. It's yeah. It's, it's a sky game. Only, you can only, only sky play brings. it in the sky. It would ruin it if you could play it on the ground. Do you think you would just get sick of it if it like if you could just hear it whenever you wanted and it wasn't just like a, okay let the sounds of this super chill jazz theme Tetris, uh you know lull you to sleep on this five hour flight? Yeah. You think you would just get sick yeah. of it, or do you think you like that thing would have? No, legs? it's just it, I think it would have legs. The thing is, it can't because <laughs> I looked for the I looked legitimately. I got home yesterday um, as I was like thinking about what we were going to talk about today, um, and I was like, what? Can I like get this game? Because all of the seatback computers on American flights um, are just like shitty Android tablets, mm-hmm. um, which I only figured out because I got bored in between meals. Um, so, okay, rewind. I was asleep for 13 out of the 15 hours on my flight, nice. which ruled. Uh, I only woke up to eat. Um, and when I smelled the food, I woke up, but like it was like 10 rows ahead. So that's when I started playing Tetris. Oh. Um, but then I figured out that I could like get to the Android main menu, but then I couldn't get out. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, I looked for the APK for in-flight Tetris, and it's not on the internet, which is wild to me. What? It like, is. It is just bonkers. Like it they, just doesn't exist. Did they code this game while in the air? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a bespoke like version for each airplane. Coded it onto that. There's no no one else has it. Only you had it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. My uh-huh. own personal Tetris. Yeah, you go into the fucking uh, you go into the code and it just says Yuki Chan's Papa or some shit. Like it's got like that's like Daryl was here. You know they 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 programmed it directly into that. Oh my god. But Boy, um, those that kinds of games cool, are though. so fascinating to me, though, because like if you think about, yeah, like games that are on planes or games that are on like those little iPads that they have at airports sometimes now, mm-hmm. or like in my old orthodontist office, there was like a little console thing where kids could play games. Like someone makes those, mm-hmm. yeah. Like and then ostensibly people play them, right? My dentist had a like an N64 under glass with uh, Star Fox 64 and Wave Race oh 64, um, and that's what I played at my uh, pediatric dentist's office uh, every time. So I don't I don't quite know what you're talking about, but I think I get the gist. 
you know, so, just like a touchscreen, like a really bad touchscreen where kids are playing like, I should say this was my adult orthodontist, not right. when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but just like the equivalent of like those like bar gambling machines, but for children. Oh, okay. So that's, oh, so that's what people are talking about. They're talking about like legislating loot boxes there. They mean, yes. they mean these, right? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, well, that's, so there that's were... important. There were a bunch of other games on that Android tablet, um, and almost all of them were developed by a company called Gee Games, G-E-E Games, um, who, as far as I can tell, don't exist, because hmm. when you Google it, <laughs> nothing comes up. <laughs> um, but it's basically like all of the games, the other games that were on that flight, I took some photos because I think I might turn this into into a, a list at some point. Oh, hell um, yeah. They had Bejeweled 2, um, a video game called Juan's Magic Lab, which Juan is a chameleon who works in a science-like la- laboratory, except uh-huh. he has just a bunch of animals, and then he has the parts to the animals, and the goal uh, of the game is to match the parts of the animals with the head that you get. Mm. So, like, you get a penguin or, like, a like a fox head, and then it's got, like, a lizard body, and then, like, a bird wing, and then, like, a chicken leg, and you have to rotate all the pieces out to get the body to match, and that's the whole game. I... Mm, are you sure you didn't just accidentally get onto that part of the app store where they sell like the like uh, <laughs> the, the, the frozen like oh you're going to operate on Elsa's mouth because you, you need to like you know drill you know like that it it, uh, it does look exactly like one of those oh no that um, is and then maybe the worst aesthetic in the history of art mm-hmm. like that is maybe the most cursed thing I've ever seen. There's also a mechanic in the game where. Uh, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna see if I can send you all this on Discord. Um, there's a mechanic in the game where flies like come into uh, the like. So okay, so Juan is sitting on an orb, and the orb is cl- is like something is connected to the orb that puts flies into the orb. When you <laughs> as you as you match parts to the to the animal. Um, more flies go into the orb. You tap the orb and the flies escape, and then you tap on the flies to feed Juan. I don't know what that does. It doesn't seem to, like, actually do anything to the game other than uh, you've now fed Juan. Uh, okay. It's just, it's just, yeah. yeah, I mean, really got really to gotta drill it into children early. Just consume, consume children. Just consume mm-hmm. for its own sake. It's, yeah, identify yourself with Juan. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't have anything else to add to this. I don't know. Like this sounds like. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I put it in. The, it's like, in the chat uh, Discord. Uh, okay. If you want to just see a, a very like good art, screenshot, kind of to me. It sounds um, like what? It sounds like art to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think this might be Games art. art. Oh my god! What the fuck <laughs> am I looking at? How do I find this? I I'm not. This seeing is it like in my so upset. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's in the it's in the um the room called chat. That is in not the what I pictured. Fanbyte Discord. This- chameleon oh. looking like oh oh no one <laughs> what uh yeah yeah we'll uh we'll show this we'll get this God. out so y'all can see it listeners yeah. but it's it's a lot he's like, anyway, like messing with called... nature he's like gleefully yeah. just like he doesn't even understand he loves what he's it. doing I'm, he loves I'm getting, it this looks like commercial salad fingers this looks like like <laughs> 
This looks like like uh, like DreamWorks TV animation got hired to make a Salad Fingers cartoon. Um, boy, I'm not happy with the I'm not happy with the monkey foot on this fox man because it's got like, fingers and then his other foot doesn't have kids? fingers. <laughs> is this what kids are learning? <gasps> I guess I like don't understand what the point of this video game was. This is absolutely it, going to be the, the header image of our podcast post, by the way, just so you know. It doesn't even, like, there's nothing that even is, like, once you put the animal together, it's like, this is what a fox is. They've got four legs, and they live in trees sometimes. There's nothing even like that. Juan is like, great, you did it, and then the the tube closes, and then he presents another monstrosity to you and is like, fix this <laughs> one now. Fix it. Fix it, child. Fix my creation. Make it go. Make one's animal go. <laughs> anyway, there's also a game called Rally, which is just a okay. really shitty rally game. We need we need um, to we need to escape this. <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to escape <laughs> your weird sky rift, uh, Nikki. Boy, uh, Merritt, did you uh, play any video games this week? Uh... Did you play anything normal? Or watch anything, please, God. I'll be honest. I've just been playing Destiny. My All brain right. broke. Yeah, it's uh, fine. I'm looking to like get into something else right now, except that Season of Opulence is coming up, so I'm like, oh, mm. uh, maybe I'll just stay on this train a little longer because I am, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just got so much invested now, and... I'm actually good at competitive now. Oh. Like, it's the one of the few FPS games that I'm actually kind of good at. But, like, I think part of the reason for that is that I put in so much fucking time. Right. <laughs> and it's definitely a game where, like, the better gear you have, the better you yeah. do. So I have... Um, there's a weapon called Go Figure, which is, like, a really, like, pretty common drop in uh, Forsaken. And it's just a pulse rifle, but I have a full auto version of it. Right. And, um... Because, like, for people who don't know, weapons in Destiny, like, come with some very basic stats that are locked, but then they will have perks that they are... They have, like, random rolls, yeah. yeah. Um, and I wasn't even... Like, I've never grinded to try and get, like, a good roll on anything. Um, I just get a bunch of stuff and then, like, look through it to see if anything's good. And this, like, Pulse Rifle is so good. Um... The only people who can usually beat me are people using this gun called Luna's Howl, which to get it requires that you play competitive for like a hundred hours or something stupid and like do really well. Like it's just this incredibly long quest and they're nerfing Luna's Howl when Season of Opulence <laughs> comes out. And I'm so happy because so many people are going to be so mad <laughs> and I'll just be laughing with my Lamarnark that just dropped randomly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I um, I also got so, some cool boots for my guy. Uh, they ooh. make him look ridiculous, but they're too good. And it's like that. Um, uh, God, why can't I remember his name? Uh, the incredible fine guy who does um videos about like anime and games, and like uh, he has the whole series of RPG ones. I don't know what you're you. I don't. I'm not even sure what you mean. I don't. Uh, huh? Incredible find. Uh, no, Incredible Vines. Let me see one Oh, second. Incredible Vines. Uh, oh my god, he's the best. Why can't I remember his name? Oh, um, ProCD. Okay. You've never seen his videos? Oh, oh 
Crows? Yes. I, for some reason, I was, like, thinking of incredible vines, like, literal vines. And I was like, what's that? Yeah, scene one. I also know them from, I know them from, I don't know them from YouTube. I know them from Twitter where the, I think their Twitter handle is literally just Sung Won Cho. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. I didn't um, know that they had a, yeah. a YouTube alias. Like, yeah, no, he has a, he has a video where he's just like, um, when you wear like RPG equipment that is like. Reflected in a cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, so I got these boots for my character that are, like, really good. Basically, they, like, top off my super energy while I'm sprinting. Uh, oh, if I'm right, at, right, right. Past oh, a certain rules. threshold, which is really good. Is that- um, and they look like those light-up sneakers that kids wore in the 90s. Hell yeah. <laughs> he looks so dumb wearing them, but I'm like, I can't take them off. I'm but, sorry. But, yeah. but also, yeah, Destiny 2 is a game that does reflect your gear in cutscenes, so it could be theoretically a cutscene where it's just like, yeah... Uh, Prince Aldred did just murder our best friend and then it cuts to you and you're like blinking <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> you're like, I'm exactly. gonna get him. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh... if I if I dropped off of Forsaken, I like finished the campaign bit uh-huh. and then started to do the Dreaming City and then was like, I think I'm okay. Like kind of expecting it to like for me to not miss anything. But being in Slack and, like, looking at Twitter is like, oh, shit's still happening in that game. Is it too late for me to hop kind back of? in? No. Damn no, it. not at all. I mean... Me- oh, mechanically, great. no. No. Yeah. No. The only stuff that's been happening is, like, uh, Invitations of the Nine, which you can just watch the cutscenes online. Um, like, they don't really give you anything. Like, there's stories. So you can either just, like, read the lore entries in Exodesis or just, but- like watch the, the videos specifically they these are like some these are like weekly cutscenes that you can basically unlock by doing like a short series of very simple quests but they are locked to the week that you get that quest from basically so you will Got it sounds it. like that they have come out and said that basically you will be able to miss these like in the game but you don't get anything from them that's not like stuff that you can't get anywhere else except for those cutscenes and you could like Merritt said you can just watch those on YouTube yeah I mean they are good cutscenes and they're all about the drifter who is like my favorite character in the game right. dude rules uh he's so good he's so terrible but I love him um so there's basically just like that and I don't know. Like, I mean, I haven't really done all the Dreaming City stuff because it's kind of a pain. Yeah. Um, so if and you, you haven't do done the, any raids either, right? I have never done a raid. I want to do this new one when it comes out. That's so bizarre to me that like you've you've put in probably you've condensed more time into Destiny Two than I probably <laughs> in like the last three months than I put into Destiny Two over the course of like two years, but and you haven't you done need any of the raids. Six people for a raid, and like you need no six one. People, yeah. Like, the only way that I could do it would just be go on, like, LFG or whatever, because, um, you know, we have people who play at the office, but, like, half of them play PC. And uh, yeah. for me, the bigger thing, I love raids. They're my absolute favorite thing in Destiny 2 and probably in most, like, games like these these days. But the thing about Destiny raids in particular is that not only do you need... Uh, six people, which is hard enough to find on its own, but you could, you know, you can get there. You can get three of your friends together and then supplement that with Destiny LFG. The problem is that a lot of the raids are like eight straight hours long. Like, yeah, that's, that's so the bigger long. thing. That's so long. That's so long to get any one person to commit to, much less a six people all that all have to be synced up. 
Yeah, it's they have gotten better about that. They're, they're like raid layers, which are like forty-five minutes long. If you but you still need the six people. They're the newest raid that they added with Black Armory is like I think the the world's first clear took, and typically the world's first clear takes longer because it's people learning how the puzzles work and stuff, and then they get shorter as people dial in the mechanics. The world's first clear was like two and a half hours long, so that new raid is fairly like doable. Yeah, I but, uh, yeah. I've done two raids. I think they were both in destiny one um but i have not felt like raid catharsis in a way like in in a similar way i've never felt like the feeling uh of like finishing a raid that is was so good as when giant bomb finished their the raid that took (laughs) them like 48 hours Uh they did over the course of two days that was so good and like is like what like like at their peak like is what i feel like raids should be and what they should feel like um, but I feel like I shouldn't have to throw 48 hours right. at and, worst into them. And like I said, that that has gotten shaved down significantly over the last couple of years. But still, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot on top of having to like, okay, we need six people. We need six people who are all, you know, going not going to be at each, other, uh, at each other's throats this whole time. We need six people who aren't going to be at each other's throats, who will all have the right level of gear. And we n- yeah. need them all to, like, basically give up an entire Saturday for this. Like, yeah, it's... Yep. Yep. And especially as we get older, and I think more and more, like, I, I don't think any of us on this call have this problem, but uh, not not directly anyway, but maybe have uh, friends who have this problem. It's like, as we get older, or as I've gotten older anyway, I've definitely noticed that, like, oh, a lot of the people I used to do this shit with have kids now. Like, they can't <laughs> sacrifice a weekend. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, no. Like, to eat and, like, go to the park and stuff. Right, yeah, like the like that's that's the the time that you would normally block out for this sort of thing is stuff that is like that for people increasingly I think that are in our age range is just increasingly impossible. Like that that's the time that like you know if you had a kid would be you know probably around you the most is is on a weekend or whatever. And like what are you gonna do? You're gonna play an eight hour raid. You're gonna come home on from like on a Wednesday at five o'clock and then play till three in the morning. Like no, I mean kids gotta learn to raid sometime. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, Americans grew up not knowing how to raid. Not in my house. Yeah, what are kids if not raid partners? That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, put them in another room. Get them another TV. You tell them they're part of the raid, but then you just like put them on a story campaign. It's like, no, no, no. It's the raid. It's the raid. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm right over there. Can't you see me? Okay, guys, let's and go. And then it's as you yell "dog bottom" at your child, to try to figure <laughs> out <laughs> that's what a thing they're supposed to do. <sighs> That's the thing from the what? Forsaken Raid. From, from the from the basic Destiny Raid uh, merit. Uh, uh, King, No, not King's Fall. That's uh, Destiny 1. Uh, what is it called? Leviathan? Uh, yeah. There's, there's a part where everybody has to be shouting symbols and their locations on, like, a board. And sometimes it's a symbol of a dog, and they're on the bottom of the board. So you have to shout dog bottom over and over again <laughs> so that people know where to stand. Otherwise, the whole raid wipes. <sighs> Video games are good. Video games. <laughs> well, sometimes. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> yeah, don't List get to the new video section. Games. Uh, yeah. Destiny, during that specific raid, uh, <laughs> In-Flight Tetris, and then In-fli- uh-huh. Rifts. Rifts. Power. 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 Engage game. For the Engage. Yeah. Uh, Steven, so, is the game that you've been playing lately on this list of good games? Well, can we get to four good video games? Final Fantasy fourteen is probably the best Final Fantasy. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm Whoa. Open with that. Whoa. I am... Admittedly, the only Final Fantasy games I have ever played to completion are Final Fantasy X and 13. 
Um, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess. Oh no, I beat I beat fifteen as well. Uh, I, re- I reviewed that one. That seems like a big enough sample size. That's one hundred and thirty eight hours. But I feel like very, few, with the exception of maybe ten, I feel like that's. Um, I've, I've played like every Final Fantasy game at some point or another, uh, but I feel like with the exception of ten, those are not the ones that everybody says. Oh, these are the really good Final Fantasies. Um, but uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. What is are the really good Final Fantasies? Six, like seven, six, four. People like four a lot. Four. Which, Which one's, one's four? Cloud in? Cloud is seven. Oh. Um. Which one's Cloud in? Four, four is. If is I reported four... that to HR, you'd be fired. <laughs> <laughs> My entire experience with the Final Fantasy franchise is, uh, here's here's what I know. Prompto. Yes, that's. 15. There's a car in fifteen. Yes. Um, Cloud has a big 14. sword. There's a car in fourteen. Just found that out. And then at some point they released. Some of the Final Fantasy games, I want to say one and two on the Game Boy Advance, and I know I played those to completion. I have literally no recollection of anything that happened in them. So they put four, five, and six out on Game Boy Advance as Final Fantasy okay. four, five, and six Advance. Yep, that's the one I bought. <laughs> uh, there was a PlayStation One collection of Final Fantasy one and two called Final Fantasy Origins, which might be what you're thinking of. Oh, and then there was like the I... Final Fantasy Anthology, which was Final Fantasy and uh, like. Three and Chrono Trigger, which was a weird thing to call that collection on PS One. Aren't the numbers in the U.S. different than the numbers in Japan? The oh, oh boy, this is some. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, you're just digging deeper. Good you're lord, just like, that yeah. hole. <laughs> like, like it's just God, we need to get you described to the Did you know gaming Twitter account or some shit? Like, holy shit. Um, yes, the, the numbers are different. Yes. We're different. Okay, yes. It was originally called Doki Doki Panic in Japan, but then they changed it to Final Fantasy. <laughs> it was based on a mask festival, and like we didn't have the context for it, so they made it Cloud, a guy with a sword. Right, and he had a motorcycle, and he uh, hit people with turnips. Oh, boy. Yes, uh, yes. The numbers on the, uh, the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy, several of them are different. And then you get—that's not even getting into the weirdest stuff, where you get like to Final Fantasy Mystic Quest and Legend, which are like Final Fantasy USA in Japan. But then it's like Final Fantasy Legend is Mystic Quest in America, and Final Fantasy Mystic Quest oh, in America geez. is Final Fantasy Legend in Britain, or whatever. However, that shakes out, something like that. Uh, yeah, oh, like geez. you get into like the the to the UK US differences even get weird. Because um, that was like got into at least the, how the story goes. I think a lot of the time is that people will say like, "Well, this one was too hard, so we had to put out like an easy game for American audiences because it was too hard for them." Babies for babies. Uh, there was I, also one more Final Fantasy game that I played. It was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles: My Life as a King, which was a oh, wow. yeah. city building game. Yeah, I think on it was a WiiWare game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I also I, really I love that cool. game. I that game ruled. It, it's like a. It, I think it's like a like a licensed spinoff of Little King Story, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure those there's some shared DNA there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It was cool because you could like you built your city, and then sometimes like magic would happen, and then you'd have to like do mild boss fights like in the city. But like really, most of the combat was used just sending people out to go get stuff while you ran around as the right ran around the town like doing stuff for people. It was great. Yeah, and then that is vaguely based on a GameCube game called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. The, the Which Crystal no Bears. one has ever played because it required <laughs> four Game Boy Advances, 
a copy of the game and four Game Boy Advance link cables. I so I did play this game with oh my um, God, myself, so my jealous. brother, t- our our friend Tyler Birch, uh, and our friend Matt Hirsch, I think. Which now I'm thinking back on that and like just just now realizing the weird connection between their names. Anyway, Hirsch not important. My brother, my brother's friend, my brother, and me. Yep. Oh, 100%. It was it was like me, my brother, my brother's uh, friend from elementary school, and uh, like our mutual friend, uh, Tyler. Yeah, that game was cool. It was like you had to like, it was basically like an entire Final Fantasy game built around like escorting the payload from Overwatch. Because uh, you okay. had to like carry I mean, a crystal uh, yes. through my ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you had to like carry a crystal, like you had to cooperate. So everybody had to hold, pick up. The, like grab different sides of this crystal to carry it through miasma otherwise you would get like killed by it uh so but then monsters would come out of the miasma and attack you and you would have to like drop the crystal and then do battle with them and then pick it up and try to carry it and balance carrying the thing with also fighting off monsters it was it was neat can i just say um, yeah sucks to your asthma <laughs> it's a classic uh boy uh lord it's of the crap. flies line mm-hmm um, they also they made a Crystal Chronicles for the DS, and then they released that for GameCube or Wii, I believe. Except probably, <laughs> probably Wii. But then because it was a dual screen game, I think they just had like they kept both screens, but like yes. it was just two smaller screens on a TV. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Oh, that also, there was that uh, Wii. Final Fantasy game where you were basically a Jedi and you had like Force powers. That what is this one? Wii uh, Final Fantasy game? Where yeah. you had force powers? Yeah. Echoes of Time, maybe? Echoes of Time. I, I will say, I didn't own a Wii when the Wii was new, so... Final Fantasy Oh, Wii. no. It was uh, Crystal Bearers. Oh, that was the Crystal Bearers. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, had, like, force powers. You threw stuff around. Apparently, it was very bad. But okay. Oh, well. no. I think there was a butt battle thing in it. Oh, wow. There was a fucking Keijo? Kaijo? Yeah. Uh... Okay, reason. so so this know. was a sequel to the Crystal Chronicles, but it seems like it was a completely different kind of game. Yeah, uh, it looks of... really cool. It's too bad that it apparently was not very good. Yeah, no, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, spinoff games on the Wii that tried to make use of the Wii Waggle in different ways, not good as it turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Can pro- you use the Wii Remote in Final Fantasy fourteen? In Do Final Fantasy. You cut out there a little bit for me. What was that? Oh, sorry. Can you use the Wii Remote in Final Fantasy fourteen? Like, if you just connect it and you wave it, does like does stuff happen? You sadly you cannot, but I do prefer to play with a regular <sighs> controller. So there, there is that. I, do I like... mean, if you were playing on PC, you could connect it to your PC and then set up with. Um, there's like software that yeah. you can just pair it. You could to your, do it. Uh, Why I'm hearing Steven is that you just don't want to. You don't well, want it. Enough. I don't. I don't <laughs> want it enough to to. Put a baseball cap on my head and like light two <laughs> candles in front of oh my. Oh my god! Monitor. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, sadly, sadly, uh, no motion controls that I have seen in Final Fantasy XIV. But Final Fantasy XIV is a f- absolutely fantastic, fan fucking tastic MMO that I've talked about on the on our uh, weekly check in podcast that I've been doing um, since you guys were out for various reasons, uh, I've kind of briefly alluded to it and talked about it a tiny bit here and there, but yeah, I'm just, that's all I'm playing right now. It's just Final Fantasy 14, like basically wake up in the morning, Final Fantasy 14, uh, work some, then when I'm done working, I play Final Fantasy 14 until it's time for bed, like for the last like three weeks now. Uh, yeah, this game has consumed my life. (laughs) 
uh, I don't know because it. Well, what I ended what ended up happening is like Final Fantasy fourteen is like extremely extremely uh, single player story driven. There's like a, a you have to play through unless you you know buy like a item like uh, uh from their real money store that says like okay you can skip all this you have to play through like their entire um single player story to unlock various yeah. things like dungeons and whatnot are all tied to that um and so what i used to do is from final fantasy 14 2.0 which is the a realm reborn relaunch after that disaster that was the 1.0 um what I used to do is I would just, like, log in. It's like, all right, I'm just here for the story. I just kind of want to see this. Play through that and then get to the level cap and then log out. Because if you play through the story, you get to the level cap just by doing those quests on one mm-hmm. job. Um, the Final Fantasy XIV is kind of interesting in that, like, your your one character can be every job in the game. But they all all the jobs have separate levels. So you can you don't have to roll a new character to oh, that's level cool. up new classes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I play a Dark Knight uh, is what I is what I main. Whoa! Uh, I'm I'm very edgy. Um, Shadowbringers in stores Jan- uh, June 28th. Uh, that's the new the expansion is all is all like oh the light has become too powerful this time warrior of light now you have to become a warrior of darkness. Whoa, cool. You have to unleash the war. The, it, Should I start playing it? It's so good. Marriage. But like here's my thing. Here's the thing. Like MMOs rarely grab me because mm. like. It's, like, almost too much of a video game where it's just, like, okay, I'm attacking. Their bar is going down, but so is mine. I got to keep an eye on it. If one goes down faster, I got to pop a potion, and then I got to wait longer for the bar to go down. So, um, part of the reason that I really love Final Fantasy XIV is the fact that they have found, like, a lot of really fascinating ways to make that really not the case, or at least to obfuscate it in a lot of ways. Okay. Because, especially in any, like... For the most part, I would say if you're just questing, if you're just like doing like very basic quest types, like fetch questy type stuff to get, egg, which the only reason you would ever really do that is to get XP. Uh, if you're trying to level up like a side job or something, um, that it, that it can be largely the case. But a, if especially with um, melee classes, which that's what I mostly know because I play a Dark Knight and a Paladin is kind of my secondary job. Um, they uh, all of the abilities are extremely combo focused for one. So there's, like, a lot of, like, okay, I use this ability first, and it's, like, just a very basic, like, thrust attack. And then in one second, I can use my next attack. But based on what I have used previously, I can combo that into one of two different combo chains. So it'll be, like, all right, I'll do the this one move, and then I'll do this other big sweeping move that um, restores my mana. And then that co- finally combos into, like, a combo finisher that restores my health. Because I'm a tank, I'm a Dark Knight, so I want to be able to get health back. That's or... I can do a different combo where it's like, okay, this is the combo. It does less damage and you don't get any health back, but it draws attention of enemies and stuff like that to you and keeps them on you because you want them attacking you because you're the tank. On top of that, the game is like super, super heavily focused on positioning and like interesting mechanics, like like things that would be destiny style raid mechanics just appear in the normal dungeons. And then they have um, uh, raids on top of that. Uh, which have even wilder things. Like, I was in a raid last night. The most recent raid takes place in... Um, it's basically the most recent raid series in the game. Uh, the big one, anyway. Um, there's two... There's kind of like... There's normal raids and alliance raids. And alliance raids are the ones that have uh, 24 players all working together. 
Uh, and in that one, it's basically them revealing that, like, oh, this takes place in the same world as Final Fantasy Tactics, but, like, 10,000 years in the future. And you're finding the lost empire of Ivalice and, like, uh, diving into there. And you, like, are in Rabinaster, which shows up in Final Fantasy XII, and, like, trying to uncover the story of Ramza uh, from Final Fantasy Tactics uh, and fighting the, the High Seraph Ultima and, and all this stuff in this raid. But in that final boss fight against Ultima, um, one of them, like, they're always overlapping. There's, like, tons of these mechanics all happening at once, all overlapping. But one of them is, like, she will summon, like, angels from the sky that will, like, fall down. Um, and if they hit the ground, they will, like, slam their swords into the ground and create, like, explosions that damage everyone in the raid. So what people have to do is, like, look for these, like, um, footprints that appear, that, like, start walking, like, in, like an invisible person is walking on the dirt and stand underneath those footprints where where they stop. And then when they do... The um, angel will come down, but your character will whip out their weapon and hold it above them, and then you will do like a samurai showdown style clash against that angel, uh, and then knock them back into the air and send them flying so that they rules. don't hit the ground. <laughs> and that uh -huh. happens like that's eight people all across the raid doing that at the same time, while at the same time other stuff is happening on top of that. And um, once you get it down, it's not actually super super hard. What I, what I really appreciate about the raids in the in the game is that they're split up into parts. Where um, that raid, that, that, that alliance raid, I you can beat that section of it in maybe like a half an hour. But then they split it into like, the, the alliance raid is three parts. So it'll be part one is four bosses, part two is four bosses, part three is four bosses. And if you don't want to fight those four bosses from before, you don't have to. You could just skip to the next part because it's, you know, sectioned off into chapters like that. Mm. Or, and this is actually one of my favorite things, I'm just going to, uh, as a raid uh or as, as a tank in these games um this is always my thing that i always try to any anytime anybody like points out uh or asks about like why i like tanking or whatever in final fantasy 14 i always point them to this which uh is the suzano boss fight uh, all the all the summons from throughout the final fantasy universe basically are become bosses called trials um with that all have their own unique mechanics and whatnot there's like i fought a phoenix yesterday where it's like she will summon a bunch of like phoenix enemies that start attacking the raid and coming at you at different places and then the, when the phoenix die normally if an enemy dies in this game they you know their bodies fall on the ground for five seconds and then disappear but in her case because she's a phoenix and summoning other phoenixes she summons giant phoenix downs into the arena and you have to kill the the, her ads, her like minions in specific spots so that the and then so that uh, her phoenix downs don't resurrect them because then you need to destroy the phoenix downs in time but uh, here's the put this in uh, this is a, I'm trying to find one that's like actually good quality uh, because all the video here it looks terrible but uh, I'll put it in the discord thing in our actual chat here this is one of my favorite moments from like the, the as a tank in the Susano fight uh, where Susano, this big giant, like, uh, sword-wielding samurai type guy, shows up and then, like, be suddenly becomes, like, Rita Repulsa 800 feet tall and slams his sword down on the arena, and then the tank has to Yo. jump in the middle. <laughs> oh my god, that's Yo. sick. <laughs> and this whole time, he's like, he's, like, talking about how much fun it is to fight you and stuff, and he's just like, rejoice! <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so good. Uh, oh, I know I'm, just, I'm basically just rambling about how much I love this game, which I I don't. Oh, there's so many things on the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. When the UI came back, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like UIs in MMOs are one of the main reasons why I 
can't play the. Or, I'm not gonna so say many I can't. Numbers. I might try this. And that's actually why in that video you can see like how the how the buttons are all arrayed on the uh, in the middle there, or all those squares basically in the middle of the screen. Uh-huh. Uh, those are all your abilities, and this person is using a controller. And this is what I love about using a controller in this game is those are just tied to triggers, so and face buttons. So instead of having to like, okay, what do I have tied to? number seven on my hotbar or like control seven on my hotbar instead it's just like um pulling out it's like left trigger right trigger playing call of duty playing uh, destiny to a certain extent because mm. it's just remembering that and also because the game is so combo focused despite the fact that there are a hundred icons on their screen that they can use at any one point uh the, the game will like you always basically start with the same one move uh to, to start your combos and then the game will highlight okay you can't it's hard to see in this video but they they, they do show it it's basically like this uh orange like uh dotted lines will appear on like these are the moves that you can or should choose from next so you don't actually have to be worrying about 37 different abilities all at the same time you're more just con- thinking about okay what combo do i want to go into next here and you it's That's pretty so cool yeah it's pretty generous about the timing on that stuff too it's not it's not super difficult like uh, that was actually one of the biggest problems that i uh, encountered for uh, that's why i only played through the story mode stuff for the longest time is i was so intimidated by phrasing like oh raids and tank swapping and stuff like that it's just like all right well i'm never going to be good enough to do any of that and i'm just going to let everybody down and make them all hate me so i'm going to uh play my little story and i'm going to leave again <laughs> and then i was i can't remember why exactly but i was reading like a guide for, like, a controller guide where somebody was talking about, like, why controllers would, like, work just fine in this game or something like that. It's, like, kind of unimportant. But they basically, in that thing, like, offhandedly mentioned, like, oh, by the way, like, all the raid content in this game is completely doable in matchmade groups. Like, in groups of... with. Groups of complete strangers and stuff like that. You don't. Ha- oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't in a controller guide. It was. I think one of our writers, James Upton, uh, one of our freelancers who's been covering Final Fantasy XIV for us, mentions that at one point in one of his guides. And then I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I went into Alexander, which is the uh, Final Fantasy. It's like an old Final Fantasy summon, which in Final Fantasy XIV is a giant robot that you go inside of and fight bosses inside of him. Um, and every level is like, okay, you're in the the elbow of Alexander because you're crawling oh up his arm. Uh, or there was one, I know I'm just at this point just talking about cool shit from this game, but there's one one of the earliest raids uh, where you end up fighting the uh, final boss of Final Fantasy II at the end, the Cloud of Darkness, because this game is just also just nonstop Final Fantasy fan fiction. Um, there's one raid... Uh, encounter where you fight a Cerberus and Cerberus casts Mini on the group which you know in Final Fantasy games make you tiny and you don't do any damage and you have like reduced maximum health for a few turns he casts Mini on the group but then because he's Cerberus eats the group and all the ones who've been shrunk like load into like a separate instance inside of his stomach and have to start attacking his stomach to make to like get him to puke them back out again Uh, and while that's happening Bowser's inside story what's that? I said I love Bowser's inside story. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> just, uh, you know, in in a whole different class of tremendous RPG, am I right? Like, like the, the, the true sign of a great RPG is you have to get eaten by the main bad guy at some point. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's nothing. And, uh, but yeah, and, but because you, like, make him puke and fall on the ground or whatever, the other two teams in your alliance raid have to run to opposite ends of the room and grab these big giant chains to chain him back up again and so that you can start doing damage to him otherwise he like you know goes out of control and starts damaging and attacking people so it is it's a lot of the stuff that i previously 
loved about playing Final Fantasy or about uh, playing Destiny and Destiny Two, like because those were kind of the first games that gave me access to some of these ideas, like raids and stuff like that in a way that I felt comfortable enough to play because it was like, oh, I know how to play a shooter. I know how to move from left and right and stuff like that. Um, some of that, so much of that language has translated back into this, which is so actually so much more casual and so much more accessible than I think Destiny huh. gets uh, because Destiny, again, requires like these eight hour commitments to complete the thing. Whereas like I, I raided this morning, like I did a, a raid in Final Fantasy 14 after I woke up this morning and it was like, it was 20 minutes long. Um, and it felt great, and I got some cool gear, and my my Dark Knight looks cool, and the story is really really good, and these are the things I like about Final Fantasy fourteen, but have been <laughs> but have been unable to get out of my system for the past three weeks because we haven't done a proper <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so yeah, well, now I'm going to think about it some more. I'm I'm telling you, it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, if you pre- and and you know if you pre order Shadowbringers right now. Uh, the expansion that comes out in June, you get these earrings that uh, give you a 30% XP boost so you could get to the new content with me faster if you wanted to play. Wow. Yeah, you know? Hmm. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, yeah, uh, it's also just like a... It's just, yeah, it's a really cute game with like a lot of like... I, f- I find the uh, the people who play the game tend to be a lot like nicer and less toxic than I feel like a lot of MMO type people can be especially people who play hardcore things like raids and stuff because the game is so has such a focus on like fashion and like having cute outfits for your characters and goofy silly stuff and whatnot i feel like it attracts a certain crowd that is a lot less um shitty than than something like a world of warcraft where it's just like Mm. you know uh free for all um it's like what you see is what you get uh yeah i don't know uh i'm still not tiring of it yet now that I've gotten into the just worrying about this endgame stuff uh, and trying to get my my Eureka Animos weapons which oh it's a whole other thing that's they 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 made <laughs> they made an entire island in Final Fantasy 14 that is just Final Fantasy 11 it's the rules of Final Fantasy 11 on its oh, own nice. island uh in Final Fantasy 14 so like it's you fight monsters uh and you get XP and that's basically the whole island but if you die, you lose XP and and can lose levels, just like in Final Fantasy XI, uh, because the island is so hard. Ugh, mm. It's 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 a weird little end game stuff, and yeah, I don't know. I don't see myself uh, falling off of it anytime soon. I'm um, I'm really excited uh, to see what Shadowbringers is, because the the last expansion, Stormblood, was extremely extremely. Um, uh, dark, like I, I don't mean dark in like a grim dark sense, but it, it got into like a lot of. Uh, stuff about like colonialism and and the cost of the and brutality of imperialism and there's like some really good subplots in there about like uh why people are driven like in countries that are occupied by an invading force why those people then might be driven to uh become collaborators and then after uh these countries are are freed again and become independent states how those collaborators are treated by the people around them and stuff and it gets way into uh, that kind of stuff and Jesus. into some really mature shit uh, for a Final Fantasy game. And now Shadowbringers, the new expansion, seems like it's going to be very much, okay, after that, we're going to get back into our like magic and fantasy monsters and, you know, e- the evil dark god wants to do something again. So let's get back to that for a little bit. Yeah. And that's been your uh, Final Fantasy fourteen half hour <laughs> from me. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, I we get there's there's some very light news to go over this week if we want to. Um, 
you basically just mentioned there was like the Super Mario Maker 2 uh, reveal. They put is the slopes in it. You can slide down stuff now. You got you can slide? You can slide. Uh, you can slide. Cat can slide. seats in it. He can sing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Did you guys play much Mario Maker 2? Or Mario Maker 1, I guess? I didn't no, have a Wii U. Never touched it? Okay. But I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited like to get... Like, I'm excited to, like, get into this, because, like, conceptually, Mario Maker always is, like, a man, this rules, yeah. like, thing for me, um, but then I never had a Wii U, so I'm yeah, excited to, to get in there. Also, now, because, like, it's very strange, so I promise this is related and very quick. I stopped driving to work. Now I take the bus and the train, which gives me two hours every day, just about now, to like play video games with I, that I didn't have before. So like now I like very much think about like ki- the kind of stuff that I can play on the switch. So like the idea of like, I can download a bunch of Mario maker levels to play on the train is like very, very intriguing right. to me mm-hmm. in a way that it wasn't like two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I, I personally did have uh, I, I played a little bit. I had a Wii U and I did play a little bit of Mario maker, but never really grabbed me. And I guess it, I'm kind of excited about the prospect of uh, the uh, single-player campaign in this one because I'm not much of one. I'm always somebody who, like, looks at the building mechanics in something like a little big planet and thinks, oh, that's really impressive, and then never really does anything with it. Yeah. Um, So I'm both interested in, like, oh, the idea of having just, like, you know, a few dozen new stages of classic-style Mario to play with is really interesting, but also I wonder if maybe that will give me some ideas, maybe that can serve as inspiration if it's done correctly to to push me towards, like, oh, this is a thing that they could never have done on the NES, but they can do it with these new with those old assets on this new console. Maybe that can push me into that direction. Other than that, I'm kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I'm good for those people who really liked that first game, because uh, people who really liked that first game really liked that first game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like yeah. watching YouTube videos of people playing like just the most obscene possible maps. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the Kaizo like, level type stuff. Yeah, just like the unbeatable things, or like when people make really weird, uh, like things you wouldn't expect. I like watching that stuff. But yeah, I don't know that I'm like good at using those tools, but I might. I'll probably end up getting it just because like. I, I like the idea of playing a lot of those things. I just don't think I'll probably use the tool that much like you. Right. Um, and then uh, we, we kind of a minor update on moving on along with the news that is uh, kind of a minor update on the Riot Games situation. It seems like there has basically been no movement on Riot Games regarding their position about forced arbitration, which we kind of went over a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. Um uh, I think that might have actually been just me by myself on one of those uh, episodes, but basically the thing where uh, Riot uh, said that they will uh, remove the the forced arbitration clauses from like uh, new contracts of new employees and might consider doing it for existing employees. Like they're still, I think they're still saying that, but also still saying that like we will not uh, cancel this litigation against like current employees who are suing us because we're in the middle of active litigation against them or whatever. Uh, even after the walkout of the several, I think it was a couple hundred employees walked out for two hours, uh, from Riot Games, uh, to protest this uh, clause, which is a, uh, very controversial, I guess is maybe, uh, uh, putting it mildly, uh, a kind of tactic that is used by a lot of different corporations. It's, I think Facebook, Google, and uber all came out and said yeah even we're not going to use that stuff anymore um 
I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, know if you guys... You know you're in, in, like, wild company when people are... When, like, the companies you just said are like, hey, even we think this is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Or, or we've gotten so much backlash from this that we will budge on this. Like, even we feel the heat from people uh, uh, being upset about it. Uh, and then Riot, uh, obviously, not not responding in the same way i guess is uh, but i don't know i don't know what the situation was with those other companies if they were under that litigation at the time either i'm guessing probably were because i just feel like right like facebook and google or whatever are always being sued by somebody right like that's just how it works at that scale but uh yeah yes constant 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 lawsuits sorry my laptop is actively dying no, that's fine. I think we're kind of we're getting ready to wind down here anyway. I'm just going to kind of burn through these last couple of stories here. Game of Thrones came to an end over this weekend. It was on Sunday, right? I'm free. You're free? <laughs> I'm free. I uh, like I I very much enjoyed watching Thrones. Um but at some point it was like it was just exhausting. Like it was just like emotionally exhausting to watch every week. So I realized that I was only watching because I had been watching for five years. And I was like, well, I have to finish out now. Right. Because I've been watching this show since I was in high school. Oh. And it has gotten me through high school, through undergrad, and, like, through multiple, like, real person jobs. So, like, I feel like it's, like, been at multiple phases in my life. So, like, I felt obligated to finish it. That is the, I'm so maybe- happy I'm free. That is maybe one of the most nightmarish things I've ever heard, that you were watching <laughs> Game of Thrones in high school. Uh, so, yeah, uh, finally reaching that age, huh? Where I'm, That's just going to keep happening, yeah. isn't it? We were gathered around the lunch tables oh, before boy. English class. Uh, to talking about uh, would... Khaleesi or uh-huh. whatever. Someone would bring the, bring the episode on a hard drive that was definitely acquired legally. Mm, um, right, right, right. Uh-huh. And then uh, sometimes we would watch in the classrooms after school. It was a great time. Merit, do you remember watching Game of Thrones in high school? Yeah. I mean, I'm 22, <laughs> so... Right, right, right. Actually, yeah, no, I would have been... Yeah, I was in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, that's all we can say about that, <laughs> because I think we... I, we but pr- please read our... What, uh, what, what Gretchen... I forget her last name, uh, Merit. Uh... Felker Martin. Felker Martin uh, does some incredibly good recaps of Game of Thrones stuff They're for us. They're so on the good. Site. Uh, like, yeah, ge- just genuinely probably some of the best Game of Thrones like recaps and uh, uh, criticism I've basically ever seen. Uh, for a show that seems like it got pretty divisive there towards the end, I dropped off in, like, season two. I like the books a lot, uh, but the, the show I kind of stepped away from. Um, but, yeah, if you are interested in our official thoughts on the matter, I, I just say that she uh, probably wrote way better th- stuff than, w- than what we're going to be able to say on the mm-hmm. year. 100%. Uh, tangentially related, uh, speaking of the books, George R. R. Martin, the author of uh, the Game of Thrones series, the, uh, the sorry, the Song of Ice and Fire, um, is, it sounds like, uh, I think this is still just rumor and speculation, I don't think there's been an official announcement on the part of Namco, I think is who people are saying might be publishing this but uh the rumor is has been going for a long time now that george R. R. martin is working on a from software game uh makers of demon souls dark souls bloodborne more recently sekiro and stuff which that rumor has been floating around for a good long time but i think george R. R. martin very recently said that uh he uh publicly said he consulted on a japanese video game 
Um, and yeah, I think there, I think there was a little bit more stuff floating around there over the weekend that kind of lent more credence to this, and rumor has it that that might show up at E3, and it's like going to be Norse mythology focused and called what what the hell was it called? Something rune, free rune, under rune, RuneScape. RuneScape. So George R. R. Martin <laughs> is working on RuneScape. Speaking of yeah. uh, the best MMOs of all time. <laughs> Uh, which I don't know how to feel about that. Like I, like I said, I like those books just fine, but I don't know that I, uh, the, the one thing that's kind of interesting to me the, uh, about that from a, well, I don't know, before I say anything, Merit, does that, does that, uh, spark any kind of interest whatsoever for you <laughs> as somebody who like, I don't think, def- uh, it, it plays from software games or watches Game of Thrones or reads the books? Like, is this the thing that's going to get you to finally break the, break the dam on that? I mean, maybe two things that I don't really care for will come together and like two negatives will make a positive and I'll just like get really deep into this, into RuneScape. Um, Right, into RuneScape. But yeah, as it is, eh, I don't know. Eh, We'll see, we'll see. (laughs) Like, who knows? It could be really good, maybe. Yeah, it'll be good. It seems so... I don't know whether I'll care. Yeah, it seems so unnecessary. It just it feels like such a mercenary video game ass thing of like we got this actor to play the. It's, it's it feels like the uh, the the Call of Duty thing of like we got Chris uh, Maloney is Chris Maloney is villain, right? Like it just feels like it's just like. I feel like we've we have uh, as a business, I guess, the video games have kind of moved past the point where, like, oh, we need to reach for authenticity and like legitimacy by reaching into another like industry that people like more or better or whatever. I feel yeah. like we're we are well past that, and this just seems like so like a, such a two thousand seven ass decision to make. I guess mm-hmm. the one interesting thing about this is that uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the uh, lead designer, uh, the director on most of the uh, From Software games, uh, the most recent ones, uh, has said in the past that he sometimes worries that his ability to tell like a very straightforward story is not as good as he would like it to be. Um, but so, and that is partially why he leans on things like really complex hidden lore written on the backs of, uh, coins and stuff in his games or whatever the fuck. Um, so like maybe bringing in somebody who has like a little bit more, uh, knowledge of just like how to get, a, I was going to say how to get something written and get it out the door, but like uh-huh. George uh-huh. R. R. Martin famously not very good at that. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Before those books, he was like he was like a TV. He wrote like Beauty and the Beast, uh, the TV series and stuff like that. Like he has done this stuff on on a deadline and on a schedule before. And it sounds, you know, the phrasing of consulting to me make uh, though is the thing that I come back to, and it feels like okay, they got him to like put together a couple of ideas because they want to have yeah. George R. R. Martin's name attached to this, the same way that they wanted Kevin Spacey attached to Call mm-hmm. of Duty: Advanced Warfare or something like that. Just as an example. Uh, or... To be fair, George R.R. R. Martin's RuneScape does sound better than just RuneScape. Right. So I get it. Right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think that's mostly it. That's all I've got written down for new, for major news here for this week. Uh, I don't know if anybody else had anything uh, that they were dying to talk about. Because if not, I think... Um, we'll probably... I've just got one, one more thing, which will 100% compel us to, to end this show. E3 is in 18 days. <laughs> no, it's uh-huh. not, that's not possible. 
E3 is at 18 days. Microsoft oh, 18. kicks I off you at said 1 p.m. I was like, oh, no, no, no. no oh, way. Jesus, no. No, it's more than two weeks away. <laughs> no, that basically doesn't exist to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anything that's over two weeks from now. That's future merits problem. <laughs> that's a diff- that's a different rift. That's I mean, <laughs> you know, you you shed your all your cells every seven days, so like that's a different. It's, it has a different person. Yeah, it's definitely it's like, seven days. Right. It's it's like a Thomas Riker situation. It's like yeah. You know, once we get to that point, we're like, are we the same man? Are we not? Like the answer should we should we have responsibility towards our future selves? Um, I say, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna know that I'm going to E3 until I'm on the plane. <laughs> You'll just yeah. And even then, and even then, I'll be probably taking, you know, some Xanax to mm-hmm. counteract was, and help me forget that I'm going to E3. I was just gonna say, gas just fills up in each of our apartments, and we wake <laughs> up like over the, the over uh, whatever New Mexico or something. Yeah, yeah. It's Ugh. like you're. We're gonna land this plane right outside of the Microsoft Center. <laughs> and uh, Phil is just going to start yelling at you. I hope you're ready. <laughs> I see, like, uh, like, slaps you over the shoulder real quick and is just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Pulls out a cigar. Yeah. Reggie, why are you here? You're not even the president <laughs> of Nintendo anymore. Oh, boy. And what kind of cake are you eating? Oh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, and then we wake up, and it was all a nightmare, uh, <sighs> as it turns out. And, uh, and then you turn over in bed, and then Reggie is there. Whoa. but he has mario's face oh no <laughs> oh boy okay we really need to end it on that uh this is if it didn't go off the rails of final fantasy 14 hour uh i think we, we we've officially run it we into the did ground. it uh, we did it please uh thank you for listening to another episode of fan with i forget the name number of the episode because i never knew it in the first place because i didn't look Fifth, it up 16 sure uh released every Monday. day um <laughs> every and... day it, it releases on a day that ends in a y every single time <laughs> um you can uh please go to itunes and uh rate and review us uh we are fantastic so of course you would want to anyway i don't know, even know why i need to bring it up but just in case you forget here is your friendly reminder at the end of every episode uh you can follow me on twitter at at steven strom s-t-e-v-e-n-s-t-r-o-m where can people follow you merit uh, at Mary K, two R's, two T's. You know me. Yeah, they pro- if they're listening to this, they probably do. Nikki, <laughs> where can people follow you? You can follow me on the internet at Godsua, uh, G O D S E W A. It's hard to spell. I should change it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, but then somebody else is going to jump on your old tag like they did with like Mother's Day, right? Did you guys see that? No. There's no? like a. There's like what? a. Like a Mother's Day Twitter account, like the official Mother's Day Twitter account, I guess, or something like that. Change their Twitter name. The official Mother's Day Twitter account is a sentence that should be illegal. Something about this. There was something, Uh something, some name, name change. Somebody changed their like, okay, Mother's Day. Padres temporarily lost Twitter handle after changing it to Madres for Mother's Day. Oh, the San Diego uh, Padres. Uh, lost their their Twitter oh. handle uh, because that... they because oh. they changed their at they didn't just change their name they changed their at um, to Madres rookie oh. mistakes and then some rookie like seventeen mistakes. year old stole it and then Twitter came in and said actually we're gonna give it right back to you guys because you're a brand and uh, you deserve <laughs> to have this. My favorite <sighs> tiny thing is that the the San Diego or the sorry the Los Angeles Chargers Twitter account is at Chargers. 
um, but they didn't own it when Twitter started, so they had to buy it from the person. And in the in like the contract, the person who owned the Twitter account said that you could he couldn't like that the Chargers couldn't delete any of the tweets that already existed on the account. <laughs> So there are just a bunch of very good tweets on the <laughs> at Chargers account. Um, We're gonna yeah. that'll that'll be how we open next week's episode. <laughs> we'll be going over those. Uh, so thank you again for everyone for listening. Uh, you can uh, go read our content uh, or our good good content on fanbite.com. And uh, until next week, who wants to who wants to give us the uh, the, the famous outro? Who wants to uh, thank the Nikki, good folks? Do you hit Nikki? us? With yeah, that? I'll do it. All right. <clears throat> I believe in you. But don't fuck this up. Thanks for the knowledge. Fantastic. We did it. Bye. 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 Yay.